If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Off tomorrow, off Monday, birthday weekend. I'm not going to prattle on about it. I'm out of town in New Orleans. This is pre-recorded. There you go. There you go. Got it out of the way. Not prattling on about my birthday and all the need for you guys to recognize it and think about it and spend your weekend pontificating about it. Don't have to do that. If you want to do that, you feel compelled to think about my birthday, as you have perhaps for weeks leading up to this weekend, I understand, you know, it's a, you know, I can be a polarizing, uplifting and, uh, you know, reprehensible figure. I can be a lot of things, so that's okay. It's all, it's all there for you to kick around on my birthday weekend. Well, I go celebrate that in, (laughs) in, in New Orleans. It'll be, it'll be a good time. Tom, you'll appreciate the fact that, uh, Tomorrow, I will be taking the boys to Preservation Hall Jazz. Oh, man. That is How great. Is that, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't throw this term around very often, but that is a spiritual experience. In there it is. Hall. There are the tickets, buddy. Hide the QR code. Somebody will gank it from you. Yeah, they could. They could. Oh, well, you'd see them. You'd look them right in the eye because there's They're about standing there yeah. eating their ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be. Um, it's going to be a good time, man. I'm really, really pumped. Um, what time is your show? 5.30. Bring a portable fan. You know, bring a handheld little fan. I think it's going to be raining. I'm going to have to bring oh. an umbrella. Okay. But, um, yeah, cleansing the streets of New Orleans, the rain will uh, guide us through uh, the French Quarter. But, uh, yeah, man, we're going to have a good time. Uh, the kids have never been to New Orleans. This is one of those moments where, as a father – uh, I, I, you know, I take a back seat, even though it is my birthday weekend, um, and just live this through their eyes and watch them discover, you know, I can still remember, by the way, the first time I ever went to new Orleans was with my father, uh, for the uh, rematch of, uh, Florida state, Florida, uh, a game. And after the tie, uh, and then we, we won that game, of course. And, uh, I, I went to, uh, 
went to New Orleans, met my father there, and uh, we watched the dueling pianos uh, like I did with you, sir, this past year. Man, you know, in retrospect, I could have spent another hour or two. It was incredible. It is incredible. Yeah, yeah. They're so talented. If I go back, when I go back, um, that is going to be a part of the math, is that we're going to set aside, and maybe the evening. Maybe that's how you end the evening, is you just go there, and then you Uber your happy ass home, and then you could spend the next day at the casino. The problem with New Orleans is one thing leads to another, and that's that's where you – now I've been through my first New Orleans experience. you got to realize that one thing leads to another, so – and they're very different. Bourbon Street's very different from a casino. You know, yes, so you just yes. gotta keep those things probably separate big time. I'm also taking the boys to the National World War II Museum, which you didn't get to go to last time. So when you go back, that is something else you have to do. It is something to behold. Uh, I was so impressed that I, I actually, you know, I, I spent that morning by myself doing that on game day. Um, and ran into our mutual friend, uh, Steve, uh, and, and, and he and his lovely bride were there, and we had a conversation about the, the magnitude of what we were looking at. It's unreal, educational, visually stunning, well worth your time. I sound like I'm working for the city of New Orleans and trying to get people to go, but it's a lot of good there, a lot of good, a lot of, a lot of you know, delicious food, great music, fun people. It's, it's, it's different. It's certainly different. But, uh, you know, I didn't, while I was in New Orleans, I'll admit, I didn't look for a Zaxby's. Mm. I didn't look for a Zaxby's while I was in New Orleans. But let me tell you something. When I'm in Tallahassee, I'm looking every which way to Sunday and I see Zaxby's all around me. And I think, look at this big ass delicious chicken sandwich. You know, three cut pickles. That's right. A delicious fat buttery bun. It's delicious. Thick cut pickle chips on a split top bun, brother. Yeah. That's fun to say, uh, and uh, it is delicious, and they are proud Golden Chief Boosters, and they have been for 18-plus years. Go find you a Zaxby's and enjoy the deliciousness that is Zaxby's chicken sandwich. Or get the platter. I don't know if you got a lot of people to feed. Get the platter. Yeah, you know me. You know me. I, I am a stickler on the barbecue sauce. I'm a you connoisseur. Are. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a little subtle heat to it. Now, they do have spicier sauces that I like, but it's not a barbecue sauce that you just want to chuck out the, out the car window, which uh, you should never litter. You should never do that. I was going to say, Tom, Jesus. No, but there are some places that have barbecue sauce. You're like, what the heck? Do you even try? Do you even try? Do you care about details? Zaxby's <laughs> actually has very, very good barbecue sauce of the standard variety. So Tom yeah. will break down some barbecue sauce. I, I will. We could spend an hour on it someday. Um. Hey, look at that. Pat Robertson died. There you go. Just wrestling. No, no. Pat Robertson. The, he oh. started the the Christian Network thing. The the fraud. Oh, oh that guy. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. fraud. Yeah. The uh, charlatan. Uh, the buffoon is okay. dead at ninety three. Gerald Briscoe and his partner. Like who is Gerald Briscoe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Um, Pat Patterson. That Pat Patterson. Patterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. This is a different kind of fake. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a different kind of fake, my friend. Uh, so at the end of last hour, we were looking at um, <clears throat> the AP, projected AP, college football news, had a projected AP top 25. It's this season, okay? And I didn't care about that as much. Um, I did want to see where we were, and we were number seven. And at the end of the hour, Tom and I went through the teams in front of Florida State and asked the question, well, well, hold on now. Is Florida State better than the teams listed in front of them? Uh, LSU is rated sixth. We'll find out. 
That's going to be a great game. I don't take issue with LSU being six and us being seventh, just like I wouldn't take issue if we were sixth and they were seventh. I think these two programs are basically the same almost going into this upcoming season. Very similar seasons, very similar uh, styles, oddly, with, with quarterback play. Uh, very similar talent, uh, and, and I get it. From there, Southern Cal. Tom says we're better than Southern Cal. Now, no doubt he's going to say that based on our defense versus their defense mm -hmm. because Southern Cal probably has the best offense in the country. Uh, basically, anywhere uh, that 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 uh, Riley goes, that, that's what you get, right? Um, what did I say, Riley? What did I yeah, say? you did Lincoln Riley. Yeah, yeah Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I was, I was like, I, I said that, right? Right. Um, Lincoln Riley's offenses are always prolific. See all the Heisman's won at Oklahoma. Um, you know, this guy, that's what he does. And upon going to USC, Caleb Williams wins a Heisman uh, trophy as well. So they're going to be prolific, um, no doubt. But defensively, just like at Oklahoma, they don't get stops. Yep. They don't get stops. And Southern Cal had a hard time doing that last year. So Tom is going to base that on that. I have a feeling if we played that team, the final would be 52 to 45. I, I mean, that game would be who had the ball last. Yeah, it, it could very well be. I, I would pick us to win by two scores because uh, I, I would. I would. Now, that could be 10 points, 52 to 42. It's not like you have a banner day at the office as a defense. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think what we could do physically, throwing the run at them, and they didn't handle that very well. They did not like it when, they, yeah. when the ball was run between the tackles. And this offense that we have, I think, is more multifaceted I do. than the one that USC has. And so in that situation, I think Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins would say, oh, they don't like the hammer dropped on them. Our offensive line has only gotten more physical. And it's that's the fun part about this year. Okay, you can run counter. We know that. Miami certainly knows that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was, we could have gotten a huddle and yelled, Bohica, and right. they would have had to just deal. You could run outside zone. Clemson learned that the hard way. But now can you run between the tackles? Can you can you call a dive on first down and is a gain of four? I think we're getting to that place, which is just so exciting. And that's why I think I would pick us over USC because we could bludgeon them in a way that Utah did. But we could also be explosive if we want to play it the way that, that Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley do. Nice. I don't disagree with your assessment of that game. I, I think Florida State would win that game. I do think it would be extremely high scoring. I don't think we'd get stops. I think that'd be a... A long day for the defense. Ohio State, I'm going to defer. I, I, they, day and that offense deserve uh, the benefit of the doubt. They, they, they continue to churn out no matter who is that quarterback or which receiver goes to the NFL. All they do is come back the next year and seemingly have the best receiving core in football again and usually an elite quarterback. So I give them credit. I'll defer that even though I don't know uh, who's going to play quarterback for them this year, or I haven't seen him play, I should say. Um, I'm going to bet he's good. <laughs> I'm going to bet he's really good. Yeah, chances are they're good. And and the thing is, you know, if you're talking about in a college football playoff setting. Uh, I mean, they had Georgia beat, Tom. They had Georgia beat. Right. Then if they've gotten there, then chances are ugh, I may pick them over Florida State. But right now you've got too many questions. And Florida State is so veteran. That's the other thing. It's not just about the quarterbacks. But Ohio State, you know, churns out guys to the league year over year. Oh, buddy. But when you, when you look at sometimes differentiating factors amongst competitors and, and uh, championship contenders, veteran status starts on the offensive line, returning starters. These things matter greatly. Florida State returns everybody. That's, that's the other thing I think that is so important. 
if we had lost half our starters, you know, if Jared Verse was gone, you know, Fabian Lovett, these kinds of things, yeah, I wouldn't pick us over some of these, uh, the oligarchs of college football. Yeah, behemoths, yeah. But you've got the best quarterback, proven wise at least right now, I think, next to Caleb Williams. you got one of the two best quarterbacks for college football purposes. North Carolina I don't consider to be the same level of threat. And you've got everybody coming back. And they're, they're already pretty good as a baseline. That's the logic there. Ohio State by October could change my mind, but right now there's too many questions. That's fair. That's an interesting um, assessment. I, You know, Washington has an elite quarterback. Ohio State always does. We know, obviously, North Carolina does. But your point being that North Carolina is not in the same boat yep. as Florida State. They're playing different football games. They're, they're, they're a three-loss type team that's, you know, suspect elsewhere on that team. Certainly not a quarterback. I think he's the best quarterback in the country, uh, arguably, uh, Drake May. He's a uh, freak. He certainly projects the best in the NFL, I think. Right. Yeah, college. I, I did use that term there, too. Because, you know, a lot of what Jordan does is not going to translate to Sunday. Uh, but we're not on Sundays. We right. play games on Saturdays unless it's LSU in the season opener. Alabama, obviously, was last year's preseason number one. They finished in the top five. People forget for a bad year, they finished in the top five at the end of the season. Uh, Michigan was preseason number eight last year, finished the season number three with their upset loss to TCU in the college football playoff, and they got better at quarterback. So that kind of changes the dynamic and the way that you view Michigan. Um, it's interesting. I don't, I don't fear Michigan. I, I feel fine playing Michigan. I would not, I'd prefer to play Michigan over Alabama. Let's put it that way. And they have those two, three, two, and number one being Georgia. And again, I don't want any part of Georgia right now. We're not there yet uh, I don't think uh, I think we would lose we'd get physically beat up against Georgia that's the next step in your recruiting development is getting that that caliber of athlete in more spots with yeah. greater depth yeah uh, you need a couple of ifs to become yeses if you're going to compete with Georgia this year it's possible it's possible like for example a defensive end you need a couple of your ifs if Patrick Payton takes the next step that has yeah. to be a given if Gilbert Edmond is a good third in the rotation yeah. that has to happen uh, if you find a, th a third linebacker that you really like, that has to happen. If you find uh, that Fentrell Cypress was an excellent take out of Virginia because he's a lockdown corner, that has to happen. Like These things all need to line up in order to be able to compete for a national. And I, and I honestly believe, Tom, I think Fentrell Cypress might be great. Yep, He may, he may be able to do that. I think that uh, Shaheem uh, Brown could be very, very good at safety this year. Didn't have a great spring. Played all through spring, dinged up. So I don't think he's been healthy yet, and I think when he is, he'll be fine. Uh, the biggest if we have that I don't think will become a yes is linebacker. Uh, because the guy that you're going to depend on physically to be capable, to be that guy, is a freshman. I don't, yeah. I don't see it. I, I think it's odd. As this offseason has uh, meandered into your birthday month, I've started to think more that defensive end and the lack of depth there is a, is a bigger issue than line. It's a problem. It's a problem. I, I like what Florida State is cultivating uh, in the second wave of, of the linebacker group. As <laughs> even though I didn't put a third one on my top forty list, you didn't like it that much, is what no, I was about to say. No, I, I probably overlooked Omar Graham. I probably would have put Omar Graham as the third guy on the list, but I don't know how often. Florida State is going to need to put more than two guys on the field at linebacker. And I don't know how often they're going to need to put more than one on the field at linebacker in certain situations because Shaheen Brown is physical enough to play close to the line of scrimmage. I think some of these young defensive backs, some of these freshmen 
might be able to make their way into a two-deep rotation as thumpers near the line. Like KJ Kirkland profiles as a nice hybrid player that could be your combo linebacker. So like you're talking, Tom, I agree with you on these things, but I'm talking about playing Georgia and you yeah. would need a third linebacker. You would need somebody to be physical. They would test whether or not you could, uh, you have linebacker depth. Correct. I, but the premise of playing Georgia would be that you've made it all the way to the playoff. Right. You know, and that's, yeah. I don't think you need that for LSU. I don't think you need that for Clemson, but if we're going to go toe to toe with Georgia, it means a lot of things have gone right. And these freshmen aren't freshmen anymore because you're playing them in, in game 14 or game 15. Yeah, I, I, I will say that Georgia, uh, people will get mad about this because they don't want to hear you know us talk about Georgia or me talk about Georgia in this like glowing light of you know the, the unbeatable Georgia. I just, it's a bridge too far for me to get to Georgia. I, Florida State, I think, would get physically beat up by Georgia. I, what we've seen from them... Their dominant players are at a different level yeah. than Florida State's dominant players. They're, yeah. they're just at a different level. Yeah, the, the issue the issue there is obvious. Uh, I think where Florida State is deficient would be, again, defensive end rotation, and then they don't have a second center. Like That's the other – That's the, to me, that is critical. Be, behind Jordan Travis and Jared Verse, now that you have Keon Coleman to fortify the receiver ranks and, and guard against somebody mm -hmm. getting dinged up there, if Maury Smith goes down, well, yeah, listen, that is, that is a big deal. I don't think Florida State is as good as they could be if Maurice Smith is your starting center. Yeah, uh, he's going to have to start because the other guy can't snap, but the other guy is physically much better. Yeah, so that's why they brought him in. That's why they brought Lyles in last year. Is is they see that there is a need to be more physical. And if Casey Roddick, Ira, it was funny on Monday on the Smash, he said. Every time I drive by the football facility and I don't see Casey Roddick snapping footballs alone out there yeah. on the field, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, but that's the thing is if he can fix that issue, then you get worlds better on the offensive line really quick. I agree. And that's not a knock on Maurice. He's just undersized. And right. when you're playing better teams, elite teams, we're talking again, I bring it up a lot. He's fine against Virginia Tech. Yep. He's fine against Miami. He's fine against any number of teams. He wouldn't be fine against Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. That ain't going to get it done. He's going to get beat up. Yeah, well, if you want to run between the tackles, he was good enough to be uh, your center for outside zone against Clemson, which is – that's alarming. You know, outside that's, zone, yes. Um, but still, the center plays a very important role. And, he does. You know, you're going against guys like Brazil and, and Clemson's got two more guys that are going to go in that first round. I don't know, I don't know how it's possible that – Florida State, and actually, I should rephrase this. I don't know how it's possible that Clemson's defensive line gave up as much in the way of rushing yardage to us and several other teams. Lots of teams ran the ball on them. Yep. And yet those guys got drafted very high. Those projections, uh, understandably, are that those are elite players. They didn't stop anybody. Yeah, what gives? What, what does that tell you? What's You're right. Yeah. Right. I, I think it speaks to bigger issues, man. Well, I mean, look at Florida. And I don't think Napier did a bad job. He inherited a mess and he had to work with, you know, what he had to work with. But they had a lot of dudes drafted on that defense now. I mean, they don't make any sense. They lost to Vanderbilt and turned around and gave us the game of a lifetime. I mean, that, that's <laughs> one receiver <laughs> yeah. who's still wide open. Yeah. I, I, that, that is as damning yeah. uh, as anything can be for our defensive coordinator.
Yeah. We had one guy to cover and could not. Yeah, and that's where if you're going to make an argument, it's an easy one. It's a quick one. It's sudden like a Mike Tyson uppercut yeah. about how far we still have to go. Oklahoma and Florida, their offensive lines push us around. They Dominated. All over the field. Now, we've got more guys in defensive interior, but that was not close. It was dominance. Yeah, we lost those battles. This is where I think Florida State will make the most amount of improvement. I yeah. think the interior of the defensive line has been radically altered mm -hmm. with the development of Farmer and the retention, thankfully, of Farmer, yep. with bringing in a Daryl Jackson, Braden Fisk, yep. having Fabian Lovett return from injury and get back to full health. I think you're going to see that group change the way Florida State plays defense, change the way Florida State looks. Just watching them, it's going to be a different entity. It's the Jeff Cambridge Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh -huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Go Knowles. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. We shall solve for the future with our friends at ISF. We collaborate with ISF. They're wonderful partners. They've been wonderful partners for people around the country, people who work in state government, people who need help advancing their goals and their missions. And, you know, look, man, process innovation, uh, they help agencies review major processes that they use. They analyze that process from beginning to end, make it more efficient, streamline it, remove redundancies, save costs, you know, a bunch of free up time and focus on the things that are important, all those kinds of things. And in a lot of ways, that's what coaches do, right? Coaches have to do that. They have got to figure out how to get the most out of their time. And Bobby Bowden and his staff over the years largely did that. I mean, I don't know if ISF was aiding these teams with the all-time AP Top 25, but they could have been. They could have been around helping, making them more efficient. You like that as we solve for the future, everybody, with our friends at ISF? When you're around for decade after decade and solving problems, then sure. Yeah, absolutely. Could have been. I, so they, what? They may have been responsible for Nebraska's miss in the Orange Bowl. You never know. 
That kid had no chance. That sucker was way left, way left. Thank goodness. And I still remember that my father would not watch it as we were in the stands together in the old Orange Bowl. And in addition, I remember O.J. Simpson and the Bruno Mollies walking right past me. Couldn't have known he would wear those shoes to murder his wife. Oh, goodness. Yes, that's that's true. ISF was not there for that. No, no. But the Bruno Mollies were. <laughs> Especially shipped in. Uh, all right. Let's look at this. I have a question for you before we get to it. I did this mm-hmm. when we did the regular projection of the AP Top 25. Now I'm looking at the all-time Top 25. Let me Let me read this to everybody, and then I'll get your answer, and we'll go through. This is kind of fun. The AP poll began ranking teams throughout the season and declared a national champion in 1936. It did not begin the preseason version of their poll. Many people believe they shouldn't anyhow. But they did not have, they had not created the AP preseason top 25 version until 1950. And that, by the way, was the same year that the UPI poll, I remember this, that the coaches poll, Tom, um, was, was created. It's a weird concept, but the polls and rankings used to, used to mean really everything to the eventual national champion. That's what you had. Preseason rankings all but cemented everyone's chances back then, certainly from the start. If you started out of the top two, you were in the mix for the national title as long as you didn't lose. If you were outside of the top two to start the season, and sometimes if you weren't number one, you needed help, quite frankly. The preseason polls still set expectations every year, and the AP version is the one that gets the most publicity. Since 1950, how did the AP media members perceive all the teams before the seasons? Which schools got the most respect in the AP preseason college football polls? College football news did a thing in which they devised a scoring system, giving every AP-ranked preseason number one team from 1950 to 2022, so last year, 25 points. The number two team got 24, the number three team 23, and so on, down to the bottom of the top 20 in the early years, and then it became the top 25 later on. Previous ranking in parentheses, I'll give you that. And, uh, it, you know, it, we'll see what happens if anything changes for the upcoming year. All right? So you got it? Got it. Where do you think Florida State ranks in the all-time AP preseason poll? Well, they're at about a 30-year disadvantage. Uh, so, 18. Good guess. We're better than you think we are, Tom. We are in the top 10. Really? That is how dominant Florida State was from about 1987 to 2002. Well, frankly, 2005, four. We got preseason respect out the yin-yang for far too many years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. All right. So now, yeah, that just tells you, again, it's another indicator if you needed to know just how consistently badass Florida State was for a very long period of time. The, you know, like 40 years long. It also, like, Yeah, it also tells you that every program has been down for prolonged periods of time. You know, if Florida State is, is top 10, where are they, 7? They're 10. Oh, 10. Okay. That tells you that even the haves, the big-time programs in the history of the game, in the 50s, I'm sure 
Army and Navy are there, <clears throat> along with Notre Dame and Georgia Tech and some others. But all of these halves, the Alabamas of the world, Oklahomas, USC's, I'm sure those three are ahead of Florida State in, the, in this ranking. But everybody takes a downturn. If we're number 10 and you have to throw 25 to 30 years out the window where we're not even, we don't even have a chance because we don't exist as we do now. Here are the teams that we're ahead of. And then I'll tell you the teams that we're not ahead of that make up the rest of this top 10. Most, I think, would guess these properly. Maybe not number one versus number two or number four versus number seven or something. But I think if I blindly said to you, Tom, name nine teams that are ahead of Florida State in the all-time AP preseason top 25, mm -hmm. I think you could – I think you could probably get every one of these, if if not every one, all but one. There yeah. are no real surprises here. This yeah. is the creme de la creme of college football. This is the this is what people have said about college football for for a long time. Like, hey guys, I know we hate certain systems and the rankings, and we don't like you know the BCS, and we don't like the AP poll or the coaches poll, and we don't like all these different things. But the teams that have pretty much kicked ass in college football for the last 70 years are pretty much the same teams that have always been kicking ass in college football. You know, I mean, there, there's not there are very few exceptions to that. Yeah, I, I think I could definitely get six or seven. And it's just a matter of. Yeah, just trying to think of the others. Yeah. So here are the teams that are behind Florida State in the all time AP top 25 preseason rankings. LSU, ironically. One below Florida State. These ties between these programs coming into this season are amazing. <laughs> I mean, we're 10 on the all-time poll. LSU's 11. Mm. Number 12. And this is embarrassing for our friends down in Gainesville. The University of Florida is behind us. Yep. You guys had a 75-year head start on this thing. You yep. had a 75-year head start. And what did you do with it? Nothing Finish before behind. Steve Spurrier. Behind us, you clowns. Nothing before Steve Spurrier. Mm -hmm. No, that's what they did. Nothing. And not enough with Steve Spurrier. That's true. Well, I mean, uh, I'm talking about the player. I'm talking yeah. about the player. Yeah. You, know, you have a Heisman with him, and you don't parlay that into dominance in the 80s yourself? Well, yeah, that wasn't even a great team. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, number 13 is Tennessee. Number 14 is Auburn. Uh, tied with number 14, Georgia. Get this. Number 16 is Miami. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number 17 is UCLA. 18, Michigan State. 19, Texas A&M. 20, Clemson. 21, Washington. 22, Wisconsin. 23, Arkansas. 24, Ole Miss. And rounding up the top 25 all-time, Iowa. Oh. Iowa at number 25. Okay. Others receiving votes, Tom, is always a fun category. I bet you can name one right now. Who's the team that did kick down the door that has just not been doing it long enough to be on this top 25 list? Oh, uh, Oregon? Yes. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, there you go. Oregon, indeed. Uh, and then, of course, you could look at Pitt and Stanford and Georgia Tech and North Carolina and TCU and Arizona State and Maryland and Colorado and all these other teams. All right, so ahead of Florida State, Every team I'm about to name, you'd go, yeah, yeah, that seems right. Can I number can nine? I Penn, order? Oh, you're going nine. Okay, never mind. Yeah, number nine is Penn State. Okay. Do you want to guess from here? Texas at eight. 
That's a good guess, but you're wrong. Okay. No, then I'll stop. <laughs> Nebraska. Nebraska. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that eight? Texas is at seven, Tom. Oh, son of a. Okay. We're down to the top six all time. Six. I'll go with Notre Dame. Michigan is. Oh, son of a. Okay. Number five. Notre Dame. USC. What? Are you kidding me? Oh, Southern no. Cal is number five. Oh, no. Number four. Nope, now you go. I, I have too many strikes. Notre Dame, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> and the top three, I think we're going to get these right. Number three? Mm, Oklahoma. Alabama. Wow. Okay. Number two? Oklahoma. Ohio State. Oh, number one's Oklahoma. No wonder you love this list. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just – Oklahoma has been a dominant program. That's a fact. And they are the number one all-time AP preseason top 25 team uh, in college football history, at least according to the AP. It's Oklahoma and then Ohio State. And then Alabama. Alabama had some lean years now. That, that's why. You know, that's the thing. Oklahoma had a stretch, too, of about 10 years where they really struggled. And Bob Stoops came along and saved the program. But other than that, yeah, I mean, you got to remember, Oklahoma was dominant. Yeah, the problem for me is Ohio State's been good my entire life. You know, I mean, they really have. Since I can conjure watching ABC football presented by Cooper Tires, and uh, our boy Jack Aroots on the sidelines for these games, and Gary Danielson's working for it. Like, ever since that moment, John Cooper's era, that was the bad time for Ohio State. It was. They would lose three games a year, yeah. Then, but they were good even. You know, yeah, coming. they'd go 10-3 and three or 10-2, and two, yeah. Right. Since then, every freaking year, the only time they weren't is when they were kicked out of the bowls. They, they weren't allowed because there was a ban. Even then, they won 10 games. It's just, it's absurd. How good they've been my entire life. I think it's interesting. Um, we This comes up a lot where, you know, we're diehard Florida State guys. But, you're da- you know, you you and my dad and, 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 and people we know that love college football. Like, we love college football. Like, we, it's not just Florida State. We love college football. Mm-hmm. The sport itself has now developed – a rich history and and we have we associate certain things with these programs just whether it's visually uh whether it's historically you know we look at numbers whatever it might be it is it is a player an all-time great player you know we can do that for every one of these programs and i find myself doing that when i look at the top 25 when i when i look at that ap top 25 you know it's kind of a fun game to play if you're a college football fan when I say Oklahoma, what player do you think of? Uh, I, they've had so many yeah. really good players, but who do you think of? Do you have a guy? No. No, no. you don't? No. No, I, I know that's probably a terrible answer. Like Brian Broyles. Like, I, I don't know. They, they, don't have, they don't have a player like a, uh, I don't know, like a Warwick Dunn or a Charlie Ward. To you, to you, or a Herschel Walker, you know they, they get to me. They don't. They don't. Right. Uh, who do you? Because Billy, Billy Sims would come to mind in that oh, category. No, no, because I, immediately I go to the the championship game we lost, and I'm like, boy, that 
that is the most nondescript national championship team. Yeah. Uh, they had Hypel, right? I mean, you know, like yeah. you didn't remember Rocky Kalmus, by the way, who was on that team. And no. yeah. No. Um, so you wouldn't say that's interesting because our age difference comes into play here. Like Brian Bosworth should come to mind for a lot of people when you think of Oklahoma, but that was before your time. Right. So, yeah, so like Tommy Frazier is about where it starts for me. That's you know, Nebraska. You, no, I, I understand that. Oh I'm, yeah. 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 I'm talking about figures in college football. I got you. It, it, for Florida state, I'm going to know them ahead of time, but then it's Tommy Frazier. It's sadly Danny Werfel. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, you know, you talk about some of the Miami guys, like a, a Sean oh, Taylor uh, or yeah. Willis McGahee. Was oh, yeah. No, they've had a ton of talent in Miami. Oh, dear God. But that that's kind of the timeline of where I begin to understand, you know, uh, Chad Henney. Uh, no, not Chad Henney. Uh, I was going to say, Jesus, why are we remembering Drew Chad Henney? Drew Hansen was one yeah. of the first guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because it's that era. It's that Cordell Stewart even is where I begin. It's like that era. Of Colorado, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I, I am definitely older than you, and I can think of all of these great players from the 80s that you there's no way you're going to think of them. You weren't alive for much of the 80s, and so I can't, you know, I get it. But, you know, like I said, Brian Bosworth comes to mind for Oklahoma very quickly. Leroy Selman comes to mind for, for you know, I mean. Uh, college? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Now, I don't remember much of Leroy Selman's college career. Right. But. He's such a prominent figure in my sports life. I know everything about where he's from. I know his brother. I know of the career at Oklahoma. He's held aloft like as he should be. Yeah. And then, of course, he's a Hall of Famer for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there, there's that. But, I mean, whether it's Billy Sims or, you know, Dupree, Marcus Dupree, uh, who they did the great 30 for 30 on. Uh, I, there's a lots of things I think of when I think of Oklahoma. Um, oh God. Yeah. They, they had so many great players. That's interesting that you don't have a singular name that comes to mind for Oklahoma. Do you for other teams? So like, if you say to me, the first player that comes to mind, when you think of the university of Florida, mm -hmm. Danny Werfel, Emmett Smith. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's Emmett Smith who yeah. Yeah. was incredible. He, watching him play college football was insane. And obviously went on at one time to be the all-time leading rusher in the NFL. I mean, he he was that kind of special. But I think of Emmett Smith, I think of Wilbur Marshall, and then obviously we get into some of the other all-time great players from that school. When I think of Miami, I certainly think of Ray Lewis. I yeah. certainly think of Ed Reed. Uh, I think of Sean Taylor. I think of all of those running backs. I think of, I mean, and Unfortunately, I also think of the 25 elite tight ends they've had. Yep. Um, you know, I think of those kinds of players. I think of Bernie Kosar all those years ago before you were alive. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, that that doesn't resonate with me. Like Frank Gore, Willis McGahee, Sean Taylor, Ray Lewis, K2. I mean, those are the guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it's a fun game as a college football fan because Ohio State I mean, I probably, because I don't follow Ohio State the way I do certain other programs, just we, I don't know, they're, they're probably the furthest removed from my radar in that Ohio State isn't Notre Dame in terms of cachet, mm -hmm. um, but they are, uh, in terms of national popularity, but they are obviously an all-time great program, and they have had a gazillion all-time great players but yeah. I tend to skew like you do with Ohio State, probably more modern. Eddie George for me. 
Eddie George. Yeah, I, I was so pissed that Eddie George won the Heisman, but my dad's like, stand down. It, Eddie, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's I probably would look on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, oddly, I might be thinking Bosa. I mean, it's just like he's so dominant. It's insane. Uh, but yeah, you're you're right. Um, I think of um, yeah, Eddie George is a really good one, by the way. Uh, again, that's this is as my brain is starting to mature enough that I understand that there is uh, other teams that have good players outside of my favorite team. You know, that, that's a that's an important phase for us as fans. But Eddie George was a lesson. I was like, yeah, well, he Warwick Dunn has more yards. No, he doesn't. Warwick Dunn has more. No, no, he doesn't. No, it's it's Eddie George. <laughs> <laughs> Who comes to mind for you when I say Alabama? Uh, Mark Ingram. Really. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Alabama was irrelevant in the entirety of my childhood. Yes, they were. They were. Mike Shula is the first name. that. If, honestly, the first name of any kind is Mike Shula is the first name that comes up. You know, I think really modern, you'd be like, Julio Jones. I yeah, mean, good Lord, God, yeah. man. He was a freak. Uh, well, the first name. Yeah, Julio is, if you're talking about who is the quintessential since I've been alive, like nobody looks like that dude. But Mark Ingram was the first where I go, oh my God, this is different. Like these guys are, these guys are playing for keeps. Oh, they've had uh, one running back after the other. Yeah. Like every time you watch Alabama line up, they've got an unbelievable. Yeah. In my lifetime, LSU was relevant before Alabama was. Jamarcus mm-hmm. Russell and Nick Saban and LSU. That was the first, you know, of the SEC West. It's LSU exists at that level before Alabama does. Which you is how easy great. it is to play this next one. And you didn't even see him play. Auburn. Oh, Bo. Yeah. yeah. It's Bo Jackson. Even with Cam Newton. Yeah. It's still Bo Jackson. Yeah. Like, I, that is a team. If I were to walk into a bar and sit down and start talking college football, and I just looked at the bar and said, Auburn, mm-hmm. give me a player. Mm-hmm. 90-something percent Bo Jackson? Yep. Easily. Yeah. I think Cam is probably second. And the third name you might say is Charles Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, you know? for Auburn specifically. Yeah. I, I think, you know, honestly, if you said that about Florida, it'd be Tebow for Florida state. It's tough. I, I don't think that's just because we're in the weeds. I don't think people would be like Dion. I think they might say Derek Brooks first. I, I don't know what, what the- I, I think Dion, I think Dion it's, it's close it, it, of a certain age. It, it would be Dion. If you're talking to anybody over the age of 40, they'd say Dion. Um, I, listen, truthfully, we're very fortunate because I think if you're just playing the game of, I name a team and you answer, you know, it very well could be like, if I said Auburn, I do believe everybody would say Bo Jackson, but maybe somebody would say Charles Barkley. Honestly, they might. Um, uh, how about USC real quick? USC. Reggie Bush. Even for you, I find that really fascinating. Well, and I go back a long ways with USC and I wanted to almost say, well, Marcus Allen. I, I thought about Marcus Allen. I also thought about, um, the juice Carson Palmer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think about OJ Simpson as much, um, but yeah, I, for some reason I would think I say Reggie Bush. Hmm. He was so dynamic in that offense. He was so good in that offense. I yep. think I'd say Reggie Bush. Um, now I might say John McKay, 
because I'm old. So, I mean, you know, I, I saw John McKay coach at Southern Cal, Tom, <laughs> before he was the Bucks coach. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, yeah, again, we see our age difference there. But uh, it's funny. I believe if you walk into a bar in the Midwest or the Northeast or California and you say Florida State and point to people, I think they're going to say Bobby Bowden. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. If you're allowing coaches into the discussion, I think most programs would be would, would they would go coach first. Well, Auburn would not. Auburn would not. But Auburn definitely would not. Alabama and, 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 would, nobody's nobody's yelling Pat die. Right. Um, right. Alabama would. Florida State would. Penn State would. Yeah, they go coach first for sure. Yeah, Paterno would come up. Yeah, because um, Alabama would be either Bear or or Nick. Either one, pick it. I wonder how many teams would lead. Just again, you're allowed to anything associated with that school. USC is a player, a hundred percent. USC is a player. I think oddly, Clemson's not. Clemson's a coach. It'll be Dabo. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. They wouldn't say Trevor Lawrence. They wouldn't say Deshaun Watson. They wouldn't say uh, your boy from the '80s. Uh, yeah. 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 Ford. Yeah, Danny Ford. They wouldn't yeah. say that. They'd say they say Dabo. Yeah, hundred percent. They wouldn't say the fridge. <laughs> no, the fridge played there. I didn't. Yeah. Know. Oh, cool. <laughs> It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Wrapping it up, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Got to do it very quick. We got long-winded in our trip down memory lane of college football. Real quick, well wishes to our good friend, Steve. Steve, we're thinking about you, buddy. Get well soon, and uh, I hope you're out of there uh, as quickly as possible. I don't want to give too many details, but uh, we love Steve. He's going to be fine. Hang in there, buddy, and we're thinking about you here on the Jeff Cameron Show. All right, now, there's that. I do want to put your turn your attention to also uh, tonight's broadcast on 93.3. We do have game two for you, 7.15 tonight, Wooden Glass. Thank you for sponsoring that right here on Real Talk 93.3. Tallahassee's home for the WCWS. You got it right here, College World Series tonight, 7-15. We want to thank them for that. And then I uh, want to thank my friends at Power Mill. Thank you, Power Mill, as always, for sponsoring Probables. Uh, Power Mill, powering performance, equipping and motivating athletes focused on baseball as well as softball with the specific tools needed to reach your true potential. That's right. 45 years of experience, 27 alumni in the majors, over 2,000 overall alumni. They got baseball camps this summer. They got softball camps this summer. It's good times, good fun. Also, you learn and get better. <laughs> Can't beat it. Power Mill. Go check them out, powermillsports.com. Cue it up. It is time for probables, and away we go. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? <laughs> Dodgers, Reds, Clayton Kershaw, Graham Ashcroft, D-backs, Nationals, Merrill Kelly, Josiah Gray, Twins, Rays, Bailey Ober, Yanni Chirinos. We got the Orioles and the Brewers, Kyle Bradish, Colin Ray, Giants, Rockies, Alex Cobb, Chase Anderson, White Sox, Yankees, Lance Lynn, Luis Severino, White Sox, Yankees, again, game two, makeup, Mike Clevenger, Randy Vasquez, Tigers, Phillies, Tyler Holton, Zach Wheeler, Astros, Blue Jays, Fromber Valdez, Jose Barrios, 
Red Sox Guardians, Matt Bermondy, Aaron Savale, Mets Braves, Tom, Mets Braves. Here we go. Justin Verlander, Spencer Strider, and Cubs Angels, Drew Smiley, Reed Detmers. That is a look at those who reside on the bump. Guys, I'm off tomorrow. I am off on Monday. You guys, hold it down. I will be back on Tuesday. Looking forward to it. Have a great long weekend. Enjoy your I said it's a long. It's a long weekend for me. Yeah. It's a long weekend for the birthday boy. Happy weekend. Uh, happy birthday weekend to you, brother. Thank uh, you, brother. I'm back. 52. Good for you. Crazy. Crazy. I was on the air. I started in my 20s. Oh. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Good work out of you. Thanks to everybody. Be well. Peace.